0: Welcome to All Things Cardio-Oncology. This is the podcast of the International Cardio-Oncology Society. My name is Steve Caselli and I'm the Executive Director of ICOS. It's my pleasure to again introduce my co-host for this year's series, Dr. Arjun Ghosh. Arjun is consultant cardiologist at BART's Heart Center and University College London Hospital. He's also the clinical lead of the cardio oncology service at University College London Hospital. So I hope I got all that right. Arjun, welcome again. Thanks so much, Steve, for having me and really
1: looking forward to
0: this episode. Well, we are very excited today to have with us Allison Macklin and Anasita Fadal. These are cardio-oncology nurses and they are here to enlighten us about the vital role that nurses play in the care of cardio-oncology patients. I was speaking with a physician earlier this year and he said, you know, we all know that it's the nurses who are closest to the patients. And they're the ones who provide much of the real care for them. And I really appreciated that admission. And I think it's just absolutely true. And so we are thrilled to have both of you with us today. And I want to begin by just having each of you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in cardio oncology and where you're serving now. So Allison, maybe you can begin.
2: Okay, thank you. Uh, Well, thank you very much for inviting me to speak today. Um, It's really um, great. Thank you. Um, So my name is Alison Macklin. I work at University College Hospital, which is in central London in the UK. And I work as a cardio-oncology specialist nurse and research nurse, um, which I have been doing for around three and a half years now.
0: Wonderful. Thanks, Allison. Anacita, tell us a little bit about uh, where you are and and your background.
3: Hi, my name is Anacita Fadol, and thank you all so much for inviting me to this podcast. Um, I'm a nurse practitioner, and I work here at MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas, and I have been working here in cardio-oncology practice for the past 20 years. My background purely is in cardiology, and I used to manage a heart failure program at an outside managed care system. And uh, when I started here in MD Anderson, that's when I started a, uh, the cardio-oncology practice. At the same time, you know, like I'm also a faculty uh, as an associate professor, both in the departments of nursing and the department of cardiology here at MD Anderson.
0: Terrific. Allison, can you tell us just briefly, how did you get interested in cardio-oncology?
3: So,
2: um, I have a background in critical care um, nursing, which I've done for a number of years. Um, our hospital is uh, quite a cancer-based hospital, um, and I moved into research um, in critical care, um, so... Alongside that, um, my projects were just coming to an end and I I saw um, an advert for uh, a cardio-oncology research post um, and it was so interesting looking at protecting the heart uh, for patients um, undergoing cancer treatment. So so I sort of came in slightly sideways, um, took up a research position um, and they were just setting up the cardio-oncology service um, whilst I was doing this um, and and I started um, I was asked if I could also take on a CNS role um, to go alongside that. So, so that's how uh, I got involved.
0: Interesting. And Anacita, what about you? How did you get involved in cardio-oncology?
3: Yeah, all my life I have been a cardio cardiology, cardiovascular uh, nurse. You know, like I started my nursing career as a staff nurse. the cardiovascular intensive care unit at the methodist hospital here in the medical center and then i went through the ranks and i became a clinical nurse specialist coordinated a critical care residency program and later on when i became a nurse practitioner i as i mentioned earlier you know i uh, was um coordinating the heart failure program at kelsey Seabold clinic at that time, there was a conference here at MD Anderson, and uh, I noted that there's a lot of patients who had these heart failure issues, which I didn't realize then. So when the cardio-oncology department opened here at MD Anderson, I was invited, you know, like I to join them. And so from then on, I have stayed in here and I've enjoyed, you know, like the practice.
0: That's great. Thank you both for sharing that. Thanks, uh,
1: Steve. And uh, very nice uh, introductions both. So we have a very good understanding of uh, why you both started in cardio-oncology. And I think I'll, I'll follow on from that theme. How should other nurses get into cardio-oncology? Uh, there may be uh, a feeling that they need a cardiology background or an oncology background, but I guess there's Alison has shown that that's not necessarily the case. Uh, Maybe, uh, Anastasia, if I could start with you, how, how can other nurses get into cardio oncology nursing?
3: Yeah, thank you for asking that question because, you know, like I've been asked that question many times by nurses who are wanting to go into cardio oncology. So currently, there are no formal training programs for nurses interested to enter into cardio oncology nursing practice. Nurses learn cardio oncology by on the job training because of the clinical area they were hard into. And the example I'm alluding to is like here at MB Anderson, this is a cancer center, and nurses have expertise in oncology, but they're caring for the cardiovascular issues of patients being treated for cancer. Hence, they're in the practice of cardio oncology specialty. So, Nurses who are interested, you know, and th- and that's great that Allison has an oncology background and get into this specialty. Then you have the other side of um, the specialty, meaning that's the the uh, expertise in that specialty. So if you have a cardio cardiology background like me, entry into cardio oncology is like you have to just learn on your own, you know, meaning on the job training as of now because you know we don't have formal training programs but you know for um, for nurses who are interested you know with oncology background and would like to practice in the cardio oncology setting uh, there are some available resources to improve their knowledge like for example attending conferences like the ICOS annual conference the oncology nursing society congress conference the American College of Cardiology ACC um, cardio oncology meeting which is done every year. They can also access websites such as the ASCO, the American College of Cardiology, um, as well as you know, like yeah, the Heart Failure Society. There's are some areas there now that's talking about you know like yeah, the cardio oncology issues. So you know at this point, it's like learning on the job, shall I say? Sure. And it is courage if you are either backgrounds, you can learn it.
1: Sure, that, that's great to know. And Alison, um, yours was a bit of an unconventional entry into cardio oncology via yeah. you know, critical care and ITU. Um, yeah. How, how you know, can, can other nurses you know, get into cardio oncology? And I suppose you could say yourself that you don't necessarily need a cardiology or an oncology background. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I definitely think it would be useful um, if you did have um, cardiology or oncology. Um, but as Anastasia says, you very definitely do learn on the job. Um, there's no formal qualification um, to to be a cardio oncology specialist nurse. So I think as long as you're dynamic, um, you're committed, you really want to make a difference. I think anyone anyone could go forward um, as long as you have passion for, for the um. the the subject so um so I don't think it should hold you back.
1: Great okay and Alison what were the main challenges that you faced after you started so the the initial challenges would you say?
2: Um so I think um There's lots of abbreviations in um, in cancer treatment. So um, chemotherapies and such like I was often um, Googling in the first instance just to to become more familiarized with some of the regimes. Um, It's a very fast paced environment as well. So so I did find that quite challenging. lots of different side effects to um, to learn and become more familiar with. Um, and, and Things are changing all the time, so so I think those those have been the most challenging things for me.
1: Okay, and uh, Anasita, the same question to you. What were the initial challenges uh, that you faced?
3: Yeah, my initial challenge when I started as a nurse practitioner in cardio-oncology is, you know, I feel inadequate in my knowledge in oncology. Um, I have to study the different types of chemotherapies, you know, I mean, I keep, I used to keep a cheat sheet in my pocket as to those acronyms like ARCHOP.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
3: absolutely agree. What do they mean? (laughs) Because they speak a different language than cardiology. Mm -hmm. So I have to keep that in my pocket for a while. And the more I've been into practice, I get, I get familiar to those, potentially cardiotoxic cancer treatments. And you just add up, you know, like more knowledge as you go through the advances in cancer, like immunotherapy right now and myocarditis. So it gets better through the years. So whoever is interested in it, just don't get discouraged. The challenge Mm. will get better.
1: Sure, sure. And uh, Anacita, if I could ask you, you know, if, if somebody were to, were to ask, if, if a nurse were to ask, you know, what is your day job? What is it that you actually do on the job in cardio-oncology? You know, what, what would you say?
3: Yeah, my day job in cardio-oncology, I mean, like my role as a nurse practitioner, I always think of myself first as I am a uh, caring part of the patient versus, you know, like as faculty, I mean, involved in research also. But my job is just like today, you know, like I am a nurse practitioner. I have my own set of patients in the clinic separate from the physicians. And I follow these patients and manage their care in terms of the cardiovascular issues. An example is like providing um, pre-chemo evaluation. Today I have a patient that's going for surgery hypertension, patients with heart failure, you know, all those problems of cardio oncology that we follow in the clinic.
1: Okay, and apart from your your clinic uh, duties, do you also, uh, are you involved in the inpatient uh, management of these uh, patients?
3: The nurse practitioners are involved in the inpatient management, but since I started as a faculty, And I was involved in research, then I focus more in the outpatient setting. And then my job, including the education of nurses, uh, doing some research. And so, you know, like the inpatient, I participate in the morning rounds every day. So I will keep myself uh, abreast with what's going on in the inpatient.
1: Sure, sure. And uh, Alison, is it different um, for you in in the UK compared to um, Anasita?
2: Well, my, my role is um, specialist nurse and research nurse. So I have um, two components to my role. Um, it, it's a developing role. Um, we do a lot of communication, um, collaborative links between different teams, um, very multidisciplinary apo- approach. Um, we coordinate the complex care needs of our patients um, by triaging referrals um, and organizing investigations and ongoing tests. Um, we are acting as um, we are acting as um, point of contact for patient staff, um, and we assess for symptoms, um, promote um, evidence based care, um, and service evaluation. So we we do lots of we do lots of things. Um,
1: yeah. Sure. That, that, that sounds like a, a lot. And I know it is having worked with you on a day-to-day basis. Um, and f- f- from the research side, Alison, um, w- w- what is your role as a cardio-oncology research nurse?
2: So um, so I coordinate a couple of um, studies, which we have got, um, ongoing. Um, I'm really lucky to be involved in that. So I really feel like um, we're looking to improve care on how we do things and better understand patients who are going through cancer treatments um, and cardiovascular complications. So um, coordinating, um, coordinating our research, um, patients consenting, um, that type of thing and ongoing follow-ups.
1: Sure. And Anasita, you're heavily involved in research as an investigator. So um, h- how is your, your research um, work and, and what are you involved with?
3: Yes, in that, my research role is as part of my role as a faculty. And uh, yeah, I have a dual appointment in the Department of Nursing and Cardiology. So I'm involved in research as a primary investigator and as a collaborator for different research trials. One of the things that, one of the research project that I've done um, is the development and validation of the MD Anderson Symptom Inventory Heart Failure Instrument, which is used to monitor the uh, symptoms in patients with heart failure and cancer. Uh, This instrument has been translated in Chinese and Spanish, and we use this instrument right now Mostly for clinical trials, but it is also used for um, clinical practice. As an extension uh, or continuation of that research, I use that Medasi um, HF instrument in doing symptom monitoring when following up patient's after their okay. discharge from the hospital. So uh, this trial what initially we did the interactive voice response system wherein the patient gets a pre-recorded phone call assessing their symptoms and they can respond. However, you know, like after a period of time because it's time consuming for nurses to follow through with a large number of patients, we are progressing this into a um, different kind of symptom monitoring wherein there's a central number where patients can call So another part of research that uh, I'm involved in, and this is in collaboration with the cardiology group is in the um, uh, starting an exercise group for patients with heart failure. Um, And currently in collaboration with the Department of Symptoms Research and Cardiology, we are doing a systematic literature review for a, a referral criteria for cancer patients with heart failure, because as I've noted, Patients in oncology are very established in referring patients to palliative supportive care. However, in end-stage heart failure or in patients with both heart failure and cancer, there's no um, criteria and the oncologists are the ones referring it. So we have finished the systematic literature review and the next step is to do a Delphi study and involve you know, like the cardio oncology group to identify those criteria and probably we can validate them in terms of um, what are the things that we need to um, use to trigger a referral to the supportive care.
1: Sure. So I guess from both of um, your roles, uh, both Alison and Anasita, I think mm-hmm. it's very clear that uh, for cardiology nurses, there is very much, you know, the opportunities to do something on the clinical side, but also very much the opportunities uh, on the research side. um so what what is the most um, challenging part of the job then given that you know you have these dual roles on both the clinical and the research side i mean alison if i could maybe start with you on this one
2: i think um juggling everything um it's very fast paced as i said um lots of things going on um making sure that we're not delaying any treatments so um yeah, it, it's just a very fast-paced environment. So it's making sure that your time management is particularly good and, and keeping up with everything that's going on. I, I find that sometimes quite challenging. Um we um sometimes refer um, for cardiac investigations um at different hospitals. So um so it's just the the complex coordination um that's sometimes a challenge for me I would definitely say um, lots of different um, routes of communication as well um, via email and we have um, hospital systems letters various things like that so it's keeping, keeping on, on top of everything.
1: Great okay and uh, Anasita what, what would you say is the most challenging part of your job?
3: I think the most challenging part of my job is because, you know, like it seems like the job, I mean, this is the role of faculty here for a nurse practitioner, you know, is something new. So uh getting into that role and you know combining both clinical and patient education and yeah. nurses, you know, it's like it's multitasking. But for me, you know, like yeah, the most challenging part is in the in when I'm in clinical when the patient is very complex with multi- multiple cardiovascular issues, and you have to coordinate all the multiple services that's involved in the management of the patient. For example, you know, just today, we have a patient with metastatic colorectal cancer that needs urgent cancer treatment, 5-FU, which can cause coronary artery vasospasm. Patient has cardiomyopathy with an LVF of 31% and moderate to severe coronary artery disease, experiencing chest pain. So oncology will not start that medication because of the CAD, but the patient needs the medication because of his metastatic cancer growing fast. And the patient is so upset that, you know, it's not done fast enough. So challenging, you do your best, you know, but you should learn how to multitask.
1: (laughs) Sure, sure. And what's the most rewarding? I mean, I guess maybe Anasita, you've kind of mentioned it yourself that if you are able to kind of comfort the patients in these situations, that's a great role. But I mean, what would you say is the most rewarding part of your job?
3: I think for me now, having practiced in this field for some time, the most rewarding is when a complex patient, similar to that, which I have cared for previously, is able to receive the prescribed cancer care safely without cardiac events, yeah. And in the end, the patient becomes a survivor and they come to you and they're so thankful you know, for the care that they have received. And these patients, because they're chronic, they come to the clinic, on the survivorship clinic on a regular basis. Yeah. And it's like they become part of your family. And you know, it's, it's a good feeling. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, I I suppose then you've touched on something that um, a lot of people listening to this might think that, you know, you you only see the patients when they're unwell with the cancer. And once they're treated, you know, you wouldn't see them again. But as you say that in the late effects clinic, you may be filling, uh, following these patients up for for many years and you can develop, you know, very nice uh, relationships with these patients and their family members. Um, Alison, what's the most rewarding part of, of the job for you?
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with Anasita. It's when you support patients through very challenging um, times of, of their life and you know that you've really made a difference to their treatment or, or their prognosis or your improving care. Um, I've, I find that really rewarding that you've really made the difference.
1: Okay, okay. So um, I think you're both trailblazers in this new field of you know, cardio-oncology nursing. So if I were to ask you, how, how do you think you can progress this field? Is it, you know, you, you've touched upon both of you that there are no training courses specific for nurses. You know, there are no necessarily like, you know, books or, or exams for nurses or certifications. I mean, is this something that should be addressed? I mean, maybe, Anasita, if I could start with you.
3: I think, you know, like it should be addressed. You know, when I look at medicine, you know, you have progress ahead of nursing. You have your fellowship in cardio-oncology. There's a certification right now. And nurses can take it too. And from the nursing standpoint, you know, because nursing is a big uh, part of the cardio-oncology practice, you know, as mentioned, it is like, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I've said it before that cardio-oncology nurses serve as the bridge between cardiologists, oncologists, and the interprofessional team. So nurses should have the adequate training to be able to function effectively. Now, in terms of the books, yes, it should. They, we need to have a resource book. Um totally like a few years ago, I was asked by the Oncology Nursing Society to edit a book for uh, the cardiac complications of cancer therapy. It needs to be updated, uh, but then it is that book is written like a nursing process with as, as a uh, easy reference for nursing, okay. and it talks about the basic problems and what we need to do, uh, what are the basic interventions, side effects of drugs and all that. So I think that's one, you know, we need to, um, maybe we need a new edition of that or a new um, pocketbook or guidelines for nursing that they can easily refer to. Uh, next is in terms of education, we need to have something similar to what uh, physicians are doing, wherein there'll be a formal training for nurses who are interested. Right, right now, actually, you know, I'm, I'm collaborating with the University of Texas Health Science Center here in Houston to develop a post-APN cardio-oncology specialty. But we are just in the beginning developing the curriculum and um, it may take probably another six months to a year to have that approved. And so I believe that, you know, like yeah, because this is an evolving specialty where there is a great need for it as we see the survivorship increase in numbers then you know, like, yeah, we in nursing should have these special training or or uh, move into developing formal education as well as you know, like, references and training for nurses interested in this specialty.
1: Great, so a lot of really fantastic ideas there, Anasita. And maybe uh, one for Steve to have a think about an ICOS nursing uh, cardio oncology manual might be uh, the next publication from the ICOS table. Uh, um, what, what about you, uh, Alison? Um, h- how do you think that you know we can progress the field of um, cardio oncology nursing?
2: Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, there's there isn't in the UK any formal kind of training for cardio oncology nursing. I've been very lucky. Um, like I've spent a lot of time with our heart failure colleagues. Um, and and rehab team and and various various colleagues at at our institution. Um, But yeah, it would be really great to have some kind of formal um, training available um, to nurses. Um, Obviously we all lead by example um, to promote our our specialty um, uh, and do local study days and such like, but to have a formal training would be really great for people who are interested in, in being involved.
0: Alison, I know that you have been involved in our uh, nurses working group and some of the webinars we're doing there. What what have you benefited from there?
2: I think as well because um, we're all we're all se- we're all separated and we all do different things according to what our service demands. So it's really nice the nursing group um, to all listen to what other people are up to, and then you can get inspiration on how you can move your role forward and um, and improve your service. So it's it's really great to be a part of that.
0: And Ardun, I know that you are involved in a national training course. Maybe tell us just briefly about that as well. That's another great opportunity.
1: The the, the national course that I run that is actually multi-disciplinary, um, and that is aimed at um, doctors, nurses, trainees, physiologists, pharmacists, even primary care physicians. Anyone who looks after cancer patients with cardiac mm-hmm. issues. And you know, we've had nurses. Um, speak um, at each of those courses every year, and um, it is very much um, open to all, and and that is the ethos of of the course. Um, So that is the formal kind of bit of um, nursing education, but it's not specifically for nurses. It's aimed for everyone, and there's good attendance
0: from oncology and cardiology nurses. Mm. That sounds amazing. Do you have to get us information on that so we can promote it to our community. Yeah, and the next one is uh,
1: October, uh, November the 18th. Um, so, and it was, um, it, it's online as well. It's a hybrid, I mean, this year it will be online again. So anyone yeah. can join from around the world. <music> to, to finish off, um, if I could, ask uh, the last question to, to both of you. Um, if, if you had to uh, give an elevator pitch to a nurse just to say, you know, why is cardio-oncology nursing such a fantastic career option? Uh, what would you say, Alison?
2: Uh, I would just say um, it's just a great opportunity. You can really make a difference and, um, and, and you should just go for it because um, there's just so much, great stuff going on there's there's lots of things um changing and, and moving and progressing and it's just such an exciting field to be in and I, i'm really enjoying being a part of it
1: okay that's that's a great advert for cardioncology. and Anasita, if i were to ask you the same question uh, how best would you entice nurses to join this uh, fantastic uh oncology nursing profession
3: i think first of all you know like yeah uh, the cardio oncology nurses so far that i have met you know with igas are as enthusiastic as Allison. And that is a good marketing tool that these nurses who are involved with the specialty are excited. And they are um they are really enthusiastic in what they're doing. And I will tell these new nurses or nurses thinking into going into oncology that this specialty is just in its infancy, from for nursing anyway, and to move forward, you know, like uh, this is a great area to be in. And you will never have a problem with looking for a job because of the increasing survivorship, increasing treatments in cancer. And as patients grow older, they may develop cardiovascular issues. So it is always an evolving specialty. And yeah. you know, the it does, it's not boring, it will, you'll always have challenges and you know, like it's in the end, the end result would give you uh, good satisfaction in terms of professional uh, commitment.
1: Great. I think that's a fantastic way to, to really um, advertise uh, cardio oncology nursing and uh, to end the questions from
0: my side. Uh, I'll hand back over to you, Steve. Well, thank you both so much for um, not only educating us, but really inspiring us. It's obviously both really love the work that you're doing. So this is super helpful. And they just so appreciate both of you, your emphasis on really caring for these patients personally and getting to know them over the long haul and providing you know, the best possible care for them. That's, that's ultimately what we're all about. There's obviously a, a gap, you know, in, in need for training and education, and we're trying to do our small bit in order to address that. We're, it, as part of our weekly webinar series, Anacita has been a part of this. We're doing a, a four weeks on cardio oncology nursing, um, so love to have any of our listeners jump in and, and join our weekly webinars. Mm-hmm. You can find out information about that and our other activities at our website, ic-os.org. And just one other note, it's hard to believe it's already time to start announcing this, but uh, our Global Cardio-Oncology Summit will be taking place as a virtual event this year again, and uh, it'll be September 30th through October 1st. Registration is open and you can find information about that on our website as well. So thank you both again for your time. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things cardio-oncology.